Last time on Trash Future. That was the going back in time noise. That was, that was, my, <laughs> yeah. that was Milo's sucking the going back in time tape. Oh no, people are saying the N-word. We've gone back too far. <laughs> oh wait, sorry. It's just Australia three years ago. Yeah. Uh, just do the Who's this man here. wearing blackface? Justin, Justin Trudeau! Trudeau. <laughs> okay, do the theme song here. No, that's Justin Trudeau granting all of your wishes as a genie, the racist genie, the racism genie. Yeah, I, I don't he only grants wishes to racist people. <laughs> that's, he's, he's the PM genie that just gives three wishes to someone who's just trolling him. I wish you were in blackface right now. Ugh, fine. <laughs> you have two more wishes. What are they? Getting you'll, the genie cancelled. You'll see. <laughs> So, welcome back to uh, this bonus episode of TF, part two of this two-parter, where we are talking about the that most august institution, the MIT Media Lab. Yeah, uh, doing jokes. Mm, like, yeah. hair down, bra off, like, ready to do some jokes. So, yeah. we've gone through this, all of the um, nightmarish mental gymnastics of why it's okay for prestigious liberal institutions to launder a, a pedophile billionaire's reputation among each other. So, let's have some fun with some of their choicer innovations. And remember, when we talk about this, this is the pinnacle of what it's possible to achieve at the intersection of every single field and will revolutionize every element of our lives, along with solving the low growth crisis by, um, God damn it. Uh, sorry, uh, I'll take that again. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> staring at me with glasses for the benefit for the benefit of the listener Wait, my those... girlfriend just put on some glasses oh, but are... it really upset Riley's rhythm and he did a sort of very <laughs> prima donna fashion began hand waving her like be gone I'm trying to get into what is known as the zone I'm sorry. this podcasters. is why we can only have a woman calling into the podcast if, we, if there Damn. is a woman in Riley's eyeline it will throw him off his podcasting game <laughs> anything on that teleprompter he will read <laughs> okay Okay. Are we going to leave that in or can I take that again? Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it it's all in. Episode. This is the, It's a fucking the, bonus episode. Yes. And for the record, those are my glasses, but it's all right. Mm. Okay. That's no, okay. It's a good so, look. It's a good look. Yeah. Warby just, Parker, circa 2017. I'm cheap and I don't buy Mandy now has dad vision. <laughs> so I'll just refresh us on the Media Labs own about us statement. For over 30 years, Media Labs researchers have anticipated and created technologies to make our lives safer, cleaner, healthier, fairer, and more productive. But along mm. with benefits... Technology's everyday implications have, excuse me, technology's everyday efficiencies have also brought their fair share of issues. Obesity, poverty, ethical uh, implications. Poverty, just, just famously been, invented by technology. <laughs> the obesity crisis is just caused by me eating all of the potatoes out of the food computer. <laughs> I love the dark ages when everyone was rich. Ethical implications, bullying, and divergent politics. <laughs> Not divergent politics. No, the oh, worst of them no. all. How good? It, well, in the in the medieval ye olde times, you couldn't hold another kid's head down a toilet bowl because there weren't any toilets. So checkmate, bullies. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any toilets because so everyone had to like keep fit because they were always trying to run further and further away to shit. And there was just a king, so there were no divergent politics. We've solved mm. it. The yeah. MIT and, Media and, Lab just needs then... to send us all back to like what. 8th century France. Yeah, and then someone oh. invented the sword, which was technology, and then politics got all stabby. 
Damn. <laughs> but then someone invented the pen, which was better, because we learned that really it's all about the marketplace of ideas. Yeah, I believe it was George Orwell in 1984. It's two most widely known innovations, considering all of the resources and lesser evils that have gone into keeping it alive. Um, the two big ones everyone always cites when describing the MIT Media Lab and Press are the digital ink and Amazon Kindles and the game Guitar Hero. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I used to love Guitar Hero, so this is this is fine. It seems worth it to me. Hey, seventy-five million in sex trafficking dollars, but we got Guitar Hero out of it. it yeah, got if me you can't I was a jam of the to like ACDC shredding. tribute bands, mm. it taught a bunch of teens uh, feel the pain by Dinosaur Jr. and some fucking Mars Volta songs that sucked. Yeah, and it <laughs> yeah. made a good game. And you it, could have stopped at Mars Volta songs. <laughs> and it led to the brief prominence of Buckethead, and yeah. eventually Post is so Buckethead so, was actually the uh, the fill-in guitarist for the shitty reboot of Guns N' Roses after all the original re- members had quit, besides huh. Axl Rose. Uh, and, damn. And he famously wore a bucket. And then a they ca- brought democracy to China. He br- yeah. he famously got his name because he his onstage costume was in a in a very true brain genius move. He wore a KFC chicken bucket on his head. Yeah. Oh my god! In the '90s, you could just be famous for whatever the fuck you wanted. <laughs> he was, it was Jeremy amazing. Corbyn before Jeremy Corbyn was Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> so I uh, know he's this syncretic um, fusion of Jeremy Corbyn and the guy who always runs against Theresa May, Lord Buckethead. Oh yeah, good point. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but we are going to explore some more Jeremy's products. Jeremy's frightened and bucket. Jeremy, <laughs> uh, just knife crime <laughs> messages on the inside of the bucket. So now we're going to explore some products, and I'd like to note that a couple more of these are from that Baffler article. <laughs> Wait, Future Schloss, go Colonel ahead. Colonel Bernie Fine. Sanders. Colonel <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it's finger looking good. Like well, people, pussy. people would actually play that dating simulator, though. Okay. <sighs> so I'd like to note that most of these, not most of these, rather, a couple of these are from the Baffler article, Future Schlock, which was from about 2012, and we'll link that in the description. But most of these have been called from endless, endless, endless research. So just to start with, we'll do something we're familiar with, some research groups. The object-based media group's stated mission is the unobtrusive acquisition of unconscious, self-generated content to permit reflexive self-knowledge. Now, what <laughs> do we all think they demoed? It sounds like it just opens your front-facing camera to take a selfie of you at random. Yeah. Oh, wait. Self-knowledge. Is, is this like the, the scale that tells your boss how fat you are and how much to put your health insurance premium up by? No, this isn't something we've done before. Is, okay. it, is it like a cosmopolitan quiz where you answer mostly C's and that means you're like a, an open person? That would be more useful than what they demoed. It's a Myers-Briggs test, but for whether or not the cops can shoot you. That would be more <laughs> useful than what they demoed. Here's what they demoed. Pillow Talk, a cushion-embedded recorder in which you narrate your dreams when you wake up. Wow, what? it's almost like that could be achieved with just a tape recorder. <laughs> or a phone. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love to like, so drool on my electric pillow. So basically, Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Gates, all sorts of billionaire geniuses cavorted across the planet on private jets where, in which there might have been some miners involved so they could create weird sky mall oh wait wait wait, yeah. wait. it's worse yeah, it's right. worse sky mall. They, they, they did all of this in presumably rooms with beds that might have had recording devices in them yes <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder what use jeffrey epstein could have for a, 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 pillow a that secret tape sounds. recorder inside yeah. a pillow yeah in on an island where all these famous people keep having sex with varying <laughs> degrees of legality so uh, but that's 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 what they've done. They've invented the pillow talk, and now, we'll be replacing all the microphones on the show with those. <laughs> We're all going to talk into pillow talks from now on, mm. just all together in one big bed. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so much more comfy. <laughs> so the viral communications group's stated mission is less ambitious. 
It just says they're going to be engaged in creating scalable technologies that evolve with user inventiveness. Yeah, I love viral communications. I think that was like the plus of the stand. What do you think they demoed? <laughs> what do we think we they demoed? Well, it was called Captain Trips, and it didn't like work very well, or possibly too well. Wait, was it? Uh, was it the film The Rock, starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery? <laughs> okay, so first guess is the Viral Communications Group demoed the film The Rock. <laughs> yeah, they just had yeah. a VHS. They just wheeled in a TV <laughs> like on the last day of school. Whoa, Mac! Why am I not surprised? You piece of shit. <laughs> uh, no. They demoed a program called, quote, Proof of Patience, which is basically a cryptographic stamp of approval that goes on to your social media posts um, through the blockchain. And what it does is it shows that the person who's sharing the content and received the stamp of approval from the blockchain has reviewed the content for at least a few minutes before sharing it. What? So it's basically like Verit, but for super geniuses. Yeah, it's Verit, but for all your posts. I, I what love if we could turn Twitter how... into Verit? Yeah, I, I love to have like an eye tracker on my selfies to see exactly which parts of me people are looking at. You, you know what's <laughs> fucking weird is that famously like Seth Rogen apparently had an office in, in Los Angeles and when he had to vacate it, like it, he moved offices, it stank of weed so bad they had to rip out the carpets to like replace everything. But that kind of makes sense given that it's Seth Rogen. Mm -hmm. But like this is the kind of thing that a dude who like has to fumigate his house because it smells too much of weed would come up with. Yes, it's, it's a hot sucks. couch it idea. It fucking sucks even more. Like, like none of it makes any sense. Like Seth Rogen has at least done some movies. He at what least the writes. fuck is this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you this, have, is, this is the idea that you have on the hot couch while the like dvd menu for the added extras for the rock is bouncing around in the background yeah <laughs> what if we had a, a thing on the blockchain that would prove that people read social media posts before sharing them they basically invented a cryptographic way of sh of ostentatiously doing the reading before your university seminar wait hang on so this is like uh i've got this i've, I've done a tweet which is like proof of patience prove that i reviewed it for at least five minutes before posting it but the but the tweet is still just like hey what if the eiffel tower was made of gum <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's content so it'd be articles so they're fighting fake news Mm. They're fighting fake news but, I mean, with like, a blockchain badge that says, I looked at this. So Macedonian teenagers approved this post. I was going to say, <laughs> exactly. Like, so when the post basically says that Joe Arpaio comes American flags, like if you read it for five minutes and you've gotten all the way to the end without stopping, it's rewarding you for sharing it. Yes, yes. because that's how information works. And that's how media yeah. works. Because everyone is everyone on this. It's it's all the all the information is just a big problem. Yeah, I, I, I just, just close have to my eyes when I retweet stuff. Like I'll be sharing stuff. I don't <laughs> even know what it says. Local local sheriff comes brackets American flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Arpaio jackoff instruction. We love it. Damn. Um, and yeah, so it's just, it's. But this this uh, this indicates to me just what the MIT Media Lab mindset is, which is we've noticed that there's a problem, which is that all the whole fake news thing that everyone cares about, and uh, we're going to solve it. Well, of course, if people actually read it, they wouldn't share things that they know not to be true. So we'll do a little like stamp of approval. I read this is really dumb and totally not on topic. But there's a post office down the street from us that we used to post all of our T-shirts and stuff that we mm. sell to listeners and such. So we go to post and. They only have they have a relatively uh, crowded you know building. It's, it, there tends to be a queue for the till or for American listeners. There tends to be a line for the counter. Mm. Um, Cross cultural mm. exchange and people have complained on Google reviews because apparently the service is bad or that they have to wait too long. And the guy who runs it has just written fake news under each one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, now I, we I, can know if it's true. I can top this though because my local post office is co-located with a subway. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty yes. certain this was a plot on like season two of Community, but it's true. They will make your sandwiches and like have a parcel counter in the same room. Incredible. <laughs> That's like something Stringer Bell would come up with. <laughs> Scotland just cuts to the fucking point mm-hmm. on everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I have another one. Uh, the personal robots groups stated mission. Ibo, Ibo, Ibo. The <laughs> personal robot group. <laughs> Wait, do you, do you fucking uh, personal robot? <laughs> so your own personal. Well, no. Again, th- robot what they group. what they've done is <laughs> you want to fuck Look, Jessica I, Rabbit. I, I stuck a pair of little googly eyes on a magic wand, and that's more of a personal robot than I'm sure whatever this will be. Actually, mm. no. They have been almost too successful with this one. So what their misstated mission is. Building socially engaging robots and interactive technologies to help people live healthier lives, connect with others, and learn better. Oh, oh my god, they this... built Zuckerberg. <laughs> is this the cop robot in San Francisco? No. They built the Strava. They built the, the Docs, the US military app. God, you're all so far off. When I said they did too good of a job. Actually, if it's just one, it's a Strava. <laughs> Thank you, Milo. Yes, they did too good did of a job. Did you know that I speak Latin? <laughs> it's, it's the kind of joke that gets a laugh like <laughs> out of someone like me and no one else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, Martinez. Um, mm. Right, so personal robots group built socially engaging robots and they did too well. Uh, Roomba. <laughs> so they demoed something called Huggable, a robotic teddy bear that allows, a non- <laughs> that allows a non-present person to interact with a child who is in medical care or they can't see due to court visitation rights. A Jeffrey bomb disposal Epstein. teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was this a, did, did Jimmy Savile fucking consult for them too? Uh, and it's what if co- your teddy bear was a drone? Yeah, <laughs> stage yes. mission began. Yes, what if that? The stated mission of this group began. Now then, now then, now then. Um, this is literally a Black Mirror episode. Like, we do the- damn Black Mirror, but this is a Black Mirror bit. Damn. Uh, and what the- if your teddy bear was your grandma? Well, yes. yes. And the Huggable yes. is also constantly transmitting video and audio data. Now. <laughs> <laughs> to a small cottage in Yorkshire. For no. some reason. <laughs> to Serbia. To a select group of international pedophiles. To a satellite downlink that follows a plane as it traverses international waters. Yeah, yeah to a, it, to a, a remote like, village in Serbia where someone named Joffrey yeah. Epsteinko lives. It's a bit like when they uh, when they hire those uh, you know those hackers who like hacked into the Pentagon to like do their cybersecurity or whatever. Like you hire a group of international pedophiles to watch your child at <laughs> yeah, all times ha- to be exceptionally mindful of what kind of pedophile risks there might yeah, be. You no, 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 don't like go near zero, that van. Don't, that's a classic. Vulnerabilities in the child. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's the thing. He, th- there are lots of zero day vulnerability. This is creating zero day vulnerabilities in children. So, <laughs> because I hate it when hackers take control of my children. Because I, <laughs> because I don't know why I do this. My child is a child from AI. I have in fact gone into the design document for the Huggable, and I oh, have and, and, and obtained- in so doing have been put on several databases. <laughs> yeah. I have I have obtained what the designers themselves have said are the features of their product. <laughs> Fuck it, we're getting paid. This cocaine's amazing. <laughs> the feel, <laughs> the feel of Huggable's skin is very important. The Huggable must feel soft and quote fleshy like a creature. 
No, no, oh. no, no, no. Surely no, no. it should be furry. There's no, no such thing as a hairless bear. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Well, no, the skin is under the under the hair. Oh. And a silicone oh. skin was chosen for a soft feel. Wait, so you could like shave your huggy? Oh, no. boy. <laughs> that is the best part of this. It's the least bad part. Oh no. It these gets bears, worse. These bears they have now, you can shave their pussy, folks. <laughs> so the huggable will can then can then sense four modalities of information via touch. Um that's analogous to touch. Damn, and love it processes to sense modalities of information. Is one of them fear? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it Almost. processes and reacts to these and so here's mm. what they are kinesthetic information so like when you're touching something uh-huh. temperature uh-huh. touch the presence of something and pain ah close enough I was, see i was gonna maybe because i'm dumb and i don't know exactly i couldn't i couldn't give you an oxford dictionary definition of modality off the top of my head but i was thinking it would be like soft touch hard touch gentle touch oh, no, and then they have those dick. too they have those too. Mm. They have punishment and punishment severe. <laughs> Damn, the two genders. Oh my god. Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Though, also known they- as the Alice settings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's just review. We have a, a tape recorder embedded in a pillow, an alarm clock that jumps around from the last episode, a way to show other social media users that you care about what you read, and a robotic teddy bear that feels pain. Jim and also, Alice Amazandam updated her Amazon wish list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I've got one more thing for us, which isn't really a product and isn't really a big idea, because we're going into their big ideas section after this. It's more of a comment than a question. (laughs) Yes, this is MIT's more of a comment than a question. No, it's an experiment that they designed. The MIT Media Lab designed this experiment. They're just thinking out loud. Which is, yeah, the entire thing is just thinking out loud. The experiment was called the thinking cap. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. It's phrenology, isn't it? Mm. Nope. No, 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 no. It's not actually phrenology. It's a little bit of phrenology. Uh, People's (laughs) People's mindsets, meaning their beliefs about their own intellectual abilities, affect their effort and thereby their performance on tasks. Uh, the goal of this project is to investigate if we can change people's mindset using a technological intervention. So they're doing to- electroshock therapy. No, they're trying to they're trying to automate Mike Cernovich. Um, the thinking cap is a wearable system that communicates praise for effort and ability in order to improve the resilience and self-esteem of students wearing it, <laughs> and thus positively influence their motivation and academic achievements. Wait, this it is... gives you, like, motivational schizophrenia? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, between this and the glasses, they're just trying to, like, dom people. <laughs> the voices kept telling me to develop the juicero. <laughs> well, this is made by the same research group that made the glasses. Of course it is. The thinking cap is built into the sorting hat from the Harry Potter franchise. No. Oh, no. You made that no. up. That's not I real. I didn't I didn't make it up. No. Which, it rates your performance by whether you're in Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, <laughs> Slytherin, like Donald Trump, am I right? Yeah. Or Gryffindor. <laughs> like Hillary. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Harry like like Hillary Harry Potter Clinton. Yeah. <sighs> Damn, these Republicans ah. just aren't playing by the rules of Quidditch. The thinking cap is built into the sorting hat from Harry Potter, which we have equipped with an embedded EEG headset and a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> oh, wait, it's a gaming headset? It's it's like one of those, um, uh, the caps with the electrodes that they put on you to do, like, uh, brainwave measurement. That's, yeah, but- That's amazing. But, but you can play Quidditch with it. Yeah, but it's in a Harry Potter hat. Mm-hmm. In our study, we measure the self-esteem of children before and after the, quote, intervention of the hat. 
<laughs> to determine whether we I'm observe- sorry, is that a 17th century epic poem, The Intervention <laughs> of the Hand? This legitimately sounds like if a plane crashed on an island and had people built a civilization from scratch, this would be like one of their main rituals. Mm-hmm. The Intervention of the Hat. <laughs> to determine whether we can deter- observe any changes in their self-perception, because they would believe the hat because they think it's magic. What the- what Isn't kind of stranger Isn't- things as experimentation on children as this? Isn't this like the red shoes, like the the ballet ballet student who has to wear the magic shoes or whatever? Like it's a children's book, and then it teaches her confidence because she thinks that the shoes are magic. Like it's just that, yes, mm-hmm. but, a, but hat. a hat and and it's millions Brit- and millions and millions of dollars with a cool Harry Potter tie-in. So basically, if mm. you can fool children into thinking a hat is magic, they'll believe in themselves. Yeah, but you also have to measure their brain for some reason. Oh my god, the real hat was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) It appears to be you can be friends with the hat. So how it works is that the hat is that the child is told to think about something simple, and then the hat, using a brain-computer interface... Like the brains of the people designing this experiment. <laughs> the hat then, like a bouncing ball or a square or whatever, the hat yeah. will then monitor the motor, the mental processes of the child to determine what which of like the two things they could, they've been told to think of that child is thinking about, and the hat then tells the child via a Bluetooth speaker embedded in the hat which of the two things the child is thinking about. This is objectively insane, right? Like, <laughs> Wow. No, wow. think happy thoughts. Think happy like the, thoughts. The hat starts smoking and sparking and various alarms go off. And then like one of the guys in the white coat is running. He's like, sir, sir, we've not seen numbers like this. That child must be thinking about 9-11. <laughs> we pulls off a master reveal it's Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> we hypothesize that by demonstrating this basic capability of the hat to recognize their brain activity, the child will develop trust in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh we have, we have accidentally invented a religion, uh, but it's cool. Um, the MIT Media Lab is making children trust a hat. <laughs> this, sounds, science. this sounds like something a rapper from the '90s who always wore a, like a big comic hat would say. Yo, yeah, it's, it's a Pharrell thing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Then- when the hat later praises a child for their a, a pre- performance on a task, the child is l- more likely to be affected by its suggestions in their future performance. I've had one of these made into a fedora, and it praises my efficiency with the blade. <laughs> I just love the and idea the that little kids are going to, like... I mean, if you've ever been around little kids, like, the age at which they're going to be impressed, other little kids that might bully them are going to be impressed by a magic hat. It, it, it ends probably before they get to, like, first grade so mm. the idea that like oh you, you the kids kids need to develop self-esteem because of their magic hat that mm. praises them it's gonna be like i'm sorry i was a bully once you're like your hat's fucking gay that's just <laughs> gonna happen you just get pushed over and the hat breaks and then the cia agents who were listening in swoop in uh, not to go to bill maher here but i think this hat would work on donald trump <laughs> it's a very smart hat it's a magic hat look the hat's been telling me lots of things more and more actually the hat has been insisting that the tariffs are a very good idea excellent idea no one else has a magic Honestly, hat you, you just wake you up do. one morning and the hat's, the, hat. the hat's national security advisor no that's what i mean like mm, uh, the, yeah. the neo like the the remaining neocons in the trump administration could use the hat to control him yeah this yeah. is this is bolton's weakness as he never thought of this too rigid yeah, jo- john john bolton needs to like think side Ways. Go in lifelong kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Talk to the MIT Media Lab. How are we going to get the president to invade Iran when mm. he seems to not be able to commit to it? Well, I don't know. We have this magic hat. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it tells him he's a good boy when he like listens to his Iran briefings. And here's the thing, like, right? <laughs> the, none of this individually is a bad idea. There is psychology to say oh, that, like, yes, when you. It is. 
Well, no, no, no individual element of this, except for okay, certain individual. Some of the individual elements of this are Just not bad ideas. Walking back on this, <laughs> yeah. Some of the individual elements of okay, this are not hats necessarily have been popular for a long. That much we can. Yeah. Hats are generally agreed to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing well, one. Yeah. Um, I'm currently wearing a hat. However, um, I, I like this is a like a field of study. Like, yeah, children's academic performance. Fine, you can what improve it. What does the hat it. look like? Uh, it looks like. It really it, it looks Does like it have a little like helicopter fan on the no, top. No, it, lo- it is the prop. It's the prop from the movie. So it's like a fucked no. up witch's hat. Yeah, it's a fucked no. up witch's hat. The kids put on a fucked up witch's hat. Wait, so it only like the whole premise of this is that it only works on children. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the point of that? Who needs to it's motivate an children? It's, an ex- it's, it's for an experiment. <laughs> But like, but why? Why do we need motivated children? Is this for like sweatshops? Like, well, oh, the show's like, oh, you're 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 sewing those shoes real good. How how much money did they get from Epstein again? <laughs> I mean, it's I can't tell actually. Sorry, I can't. T- Holy shit! No, it's I don't think it is for an experiment. I think it's just like. It's just a thing that they've developed. Like it's a project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's technically, technically, scientifically, we call this fucking around and finding out. <laughs> okay. Mm. So those are the products and their hat. Um, do we want to talk about some of their big ideas? Because I've got three of them and they're very big. That because wasn't these their were the small ideas. ideas. These are bigger. Those are their small ideas. Oh, I have wow. some big ideas now. Some big ass ideas. Here's this is big be idea. Good cloud ship content. Some really, I can some tell. really dummy oh. thick ideas. Some dumb, some dummy thick ideas. <laughs> Here's the first dummy thick idea. Just jiggling on over here. Augmented democracy. <laughs> I never asked for this. <laughs> this is very special Russian idea. <laughs> in the last presidential election in the U.S., voter turnout hovered around sixty-seven percent. Oh no, it actually is this. Oh fuck! <laughs> it, 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 I'm fr- I'm afraid it is. Um, our uh, the European Union's elections just saw forty-two percent, and the NYC's last mayoral election just twenty-four percent of residents cast a ballot. Our collective participation in the project of democracy is quite a bit less than ideal. This issue, says Cesar Hidalgo, director of the Collective Learning Group at MIT Media Lab and member of the Court of Monte Cristo, (laughs) indeed, um, has said during his TED Talk in 2018 in Vancouver, the main problem is that, quote, democracy has a bad user interface. Uh, what what even is the user interface of democracy? Like that's well, like saying pr- like what is the what is the uh, what is the angular momentum of cheese? Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, this like, is like a nonsense a collection of, of words. Is is and putting it in a little box is not very satisfying, and that's why people don't vote. Like you don't get enough pens that you can steal at the voting booths, or you have to use a <laughs> machine, but they don't use the ones with the big clicky lever anymore. <laughs> mm. If yeah, only there was some kind of hat that could tell me yes. how to vote. Well, yes. no. Here's the Milo. You've done the thing again. Oh no! <laughs> no! Is, is this also a Harry Potter prop? The only the only thing is, it's not actually a hat. <laughs> it's a it's a robot, Professor McGonagall, who explains it politics. Is a robot. To- it's a robot. Fucking hell. <laughs> so, Caesar Hidalgo says, the problem is that we elect and rely on politicians to aggregate the views and needs of their constituents. Caesar Hidalgo, one of the later Roman emperors. <laughs> uh, a real a real post-Germanic emperor. Yeah. Um, we elect and rely on politicians to aggregate the views and needs of their constituents. 
But politicians, Hidalgo says, are inefficient packages filled with compromises. <laughs> Give Such up your like, flesh and a new world awaits you. <laughs> he's, he's better than Doug Ford, but also he's worn blackface. <laughs> Essentially, they fail to account adequately for the particular needs of their individual constituents. The solution? Every voter is connected to an individualized AI that collects information on our needs, views, and politics via the data we feed into social platforms and, and searches. Oh, no. Oh, it's, I can't gonna... see this being used for anything bad. Yeah, it's going to scrape my register tweets. Of everything you think about politics, every thought that you have is sent to the government, and this is supposed to help you? Yeah, and and <gasps> it's not going to have any concept of irony. It's going to learn from Twitter, and the AI is going to be like, well, policymakers, a surprising number of people believe that piss is stored in the balls. Well, this, okay, this is. accuse me of being constantly kissing over here, but I'm pretty sure this is a George Orwell 1984. <laughs> well, it's, it's also <laughs> literally one of the endings of Deus Ex. Like, but it's also literally what Steven Pinker used as his evidence that racism was going down. Oh, uh, everyone's Googling Frank Sinatra. Better restart slavery. <laughs> this is literally, you know, I love a government of, like, fave star. Yeah. So here's mm. what he says. This this in the this AI, which will be matched to you for your entire life, of course, of course, um, would essentially work as a political Spotify. Oh fuck <sighs> me! Wait, you've got like discover your discover daily, and it's all just like fucking Tommy Robinson. Yeah, that's discover just YouTube. That's, that's yeah. just YouTube. YouTube is just a discovery yeah. algorithm for becoming a white supremacist. Hey, yeah. yesterday you briefly had a thought that there's a few more black people around. You might be interested in the musical stylings of Tommy Robinson yeah. and the EDL. That's the thing. We already know what happens when you just have a politics Spotify and it's YouTube. But yeah. that's what they're saying. It doesn't even recommend things that it thinks you might be interested in. It's like, well, I've made no effort to work out what you're interested in. Therefore, I assume you'd like these videos about racism. <laughs> algorithms, uh, algorithms, he says, are already very capable of recognizing patterns in our behavior and preferences. And this digital AI agent would read our data in such a way that it would be able to directly vote on issues on our behalf, rendering our participation <sighs> in democracy non-essential. Holy fucking shit. Did, this, did he even read that? Did he even actually read it as he was writing it? Like, did he just, like, turn away from the computer and just, like, slap at the keyboard with his big meaty palms? Is that what happened? Is that how that sentence was produced? Because you can't read that sentence without being like, that is fucking insane. No, it's fine. We just put the autopilot on democracy. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's my a Tesla, It's a God. Tesla autopilot, and it'll mm. only kill everyone it thinks is a baller. Wait, yeah. it's like literally voluntarily being like, no, we're too dumb to govern ourselves. Let's allow the machines to govern <laughs> us. Well, yeah. Also, because we're it, all Ray Pantoliano. <laughs> uh, it also it's um, is it Ray? Oh no, it's not. Is it Joe? Joe. Oh, we're all yeah. Joe Pantoliano in the yeah. Matrix. We're all cipher. We want to yeah. go voluntarily into the Matrix because mm. we were happier then. So because yeah, we got a stake. Like, yeah. This is how these fucking stem lords view view what politics is, where it's just an issue of aggregating and sorting the preferences of every constituent generally. There's no like preference, say, that could be influenced by anything. No, no, it's just all of these preferences emerge whole cloth just from whatever, and then the job of politicians is to make sure that they all get sorted. What's There's really no funny to me is that liberal politicians actually live up to this sometimes. Like... You you say that this is like the idea that politics works on oh we just watch the voters and then do what they want us to do. 
marriage equality. It was hilarious watching every liberal politician in America watch the graph go up, and when it hit 57% in favour, suddenly is in favour of marriage equality. So you can live mm -hmm. up to this. So we have AI politicians. It's just yes. the Democratic Party. Essentially, mm -hmm. yes. right? We would like it's it's fewer steps. Like the Nancy Pelosi bot would probably aggravate me less. Oh, so she's already yeah, been uh, automated. The, uh, the, the politics already has been automated. It's uh, the Democratic yeah, Party. You, you just lose Ms. your Clinton? job at the politics factory because they Ms. replace Clinton, you with a big I'm robot arm. Miss <laughs> Clinton, I'm afraid to inform you that uh, we have just discovered that 57% of people in America are now in favor of furries. But what are those? Oh, I can explain that for you. <laughs> also, I just, I really, I really, there is a sort of sense of poetic justice to think of like, like Nancy Pelosi becoming like a fentanyl family because she lost her job at the politics factory. Nancy yeah. Pelosi, the yeah, she got fired because of racism against Italians. <laughs> well, it's that it's that she, you know, her job got automated. There's yeah, now an we, AI agent we, that we does this. We have to and have a program to like retrain politicians out of their harmful <laughs> industries and into things like coding. <laughs> okay, so I was just going to say yes. this is just as a side note, but there was recently a kind of a furore about uh, defense intellectual policy with regard to like nuclear deterrence because somebody two academics published a policy paper saying that a dead hand for like nuclear strike like mutually assured destruction powered by ai that can just use the algorithms to determine whether or not to launch a world ending nuclear strike might be a good thing so <sighs> this is a powerful brainworm that a lot of people in the sort of like what you might call a like sort of liberal center center left mm. center right have I don't know why, but they're convinced that, like... I love how we're doing a dumber version of the Cold War where there isn't even an enemy. Like, the enemy is just yourself. Yeah, it's just, we're, we're just building Skynet. Yeah, yeah. We're, build we're building Skynet, but... We're it's playing Cold a War Solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the next big idea that was, like, presented at a TED Talk. It is called 20 Day Stranger. Oh, it's when you sit on your arm for 20 days and then have, <laughs> and then have a wank where it feels like everyone else is doing it. <laughs> that's more useful than what they actually came up with. Of course it is. That's, that's like a transcendent experience. How better to experience the entirety of humanity than to feel like the entirety of humanity is jacking you off? Wait, but half of those people are dudes. Pretty sus. <laughs> this new app... This new app, 20 Day Stranger, makes it possible to anonymously assume the life of a stranger for 20 days. Oh, good. Okay. This what? seems what the fine. Fuck? <laughs> what? What? It's wait, this that, like, used to be wait, called identity theft. Someone? And then uh, you... Well, no, sorry. I, I say assume. Live the life of so a stranger what for 20 days. It's, it's like, d d wow, imagine if Freaky Friday was real. We can make that happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seeing where they go and what they do, not the carefully curated version that they might put on Instagram. Damn, fake friends. But the <laughs> imagine if you pay for this service and it lets you take on a stranger's life for twenty days, and they just love fursuits. It's just like you, you're like you day nineteen, you have to go jack off in a fursuit again because you get to witness it through their eyes, but you have no control. They're over an what irony they do. podcaster. Yeah. Wait, I, I, I have to so eat bad. a kebab and then masturbate again <laughs> every I, day. I feel, I feel so bad for whoever ends up switching with me on the basis that my social media sounds quite cool, and then it turns out I spend most of every day just shitting. <laughs> Why am I tweeting about being depressed? Of course I'm being depressed. All I do is masturbate and eat kebabs. So, uh, here here's how it works. Um, so the it you it's instead of seeing the curated version they put on Instagram, you see the everyday details like the fact that they always go to the same sandwich spot for lunch. 
The question was the question was asked uh, at MIT: Could we produce some kind of software that brings out the capability of imagining the lives of strangers? They're asking Stalker. a lot of could questions and not a lot of should questions down mm. at MIT. But also, like you know, that's. This is another great sort of indication about the MIT Media Lab mindset, which is they ask something like, how could we make strangers understand each other? And they come up with something that is, here's what it is. As you and whatever distant person you're paired with get up and go to work or go to school or wherever else the world takes you, the app tracks your path and then pulls photos from Foursquare or Google Maps along the way. No. If does, you it, does it pair you at random? Uh, I don't know. Wait, so it's like Chatterbait, but for your whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah Liferbait. Fucking life So, like, but it's not, it's not even like it takes up a, a photo with your camera, which would be weird. It's just like if someone else like took a photo of a coffee shop and it's just like, ha, huh, I'm at this coffee shop checking in on Google Maps, then they'll just get texted that picture of that coffee shop. But because the you reason go to why it. we don't post that stuff is because it is monotonous. Like, why would you? What? What? So if you stop in that certain coffee shop, the app will find a picture someone took there and send it to your partner. I remember one time I was right getting a ride home with my boss. We oh no, my, the guy I'm paired with keeps going to Little St. James Island and the pictures <laughs> I'm being sent. I, I just remember I, I, I got a ride home from my boss. Uh, we got both had taken a flight back and his wife picked us up had to take us back to where our cars were at work. And I had to ride in the back with his son who was six and he asked if I, he could use my phone. I was like, sure. And when I got my phone back, when I got out of the car, I had like 350 pictures that he had taken because he knew how to use an iPhone camera. So it was just a picture of everything. And I can just imagine like, Imagine if you get hooked up to something like this and it's like, all right, cool. Imagine what does this person find interesting? I can't wait to find out. And it's just like, this person wants to get the perfect dick shot. And it's just <laughs> 350 fucking different attempts, different lights, holding the, holding the phone upside down to get like that perfect selfie. But that's the thing. It wouldn't even be that. It would just be pictures for people post to Google Maps. <laughs> so if I was taking a dick pic yeah, in the pictures in my to- dick. If I took a dick pic in the toilet of a Starbucks and posted it to Google Maps, people then would get sent that from this app so they could imagine the life of a stranger. Yeah, they just got the picture of Starbucks. There, there are some Google reviews of different like maintenance facilities in Afghanistan made, left by military members, and it's just like, wow, this place fucking sucks. <laughs> okay, everybody, hold on to something, please. Yeah. Literally, hold on to something right now. Not your dick. The idea oh, was inspired. Okay, I gotta find another thing. <laughs> the idea <laughs> was inspired by an observation from, and this is the name, Tinsley Galleon. <laughs> Tinsley Galleon. Tinsley. MIT researcher and Division One women's lacrosse player. It's a guy. Yeah. It's a guy. It's no, no, a guy. Sorry. Australian beer mascot, Tinsley Galleon. Yeah, just a very lost part of the Spanish treasure fleet that ended up in Yorkshire. (laughs) (laughs) The idea was inspired by an observation from Tinsley Galleon. Here's the great thing. Director of the Dalai Lama Center for Ethics. (laughs) Holy shit. And here is what... It's It's like, however, this move was not seconded by his deputy in command. Mistletoe privateer. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, our son, Humphrey Caraval. (laughs) The idea. So here's what he says. Here's what Tinsley Galleon, director of the Dalai Lama Center for Ethics, says. Imagine putting that on a fucking birth certificate. Imagine putting it on a business name and occupation. Yeah, well, indeed. (laughs) Social platforms are making it easier to connect with people that we already know, but possibly pushing us farther away from others. 
Damn, it's the bubble. Whoa. We're living in bubbles. Damn. And if you don't we get a text every a day society. Yeah, about someone so- who lives in Neasden and shops in Neasden and goes to work in Neasden and never leaves Neasden and yeah. gets on the same three streets every day, then like, well, you're living, they, they you're living in the Starbucks bubble. There too. Yeah, you, you wow. have to pop that bubble. We've been paired for a number of days now, and you've been sent all these generic photos, but what you don't know is, this entire time, I've been wearing the Joker makeup. <laughs> you just and, get paired with the Santa Cruz Joker. And there's a bomb in your phone, and there's a bomb in my phone, and whoever triggers the bomb first, they're safe. <laughs> Damn, my uh, life has really been changed. Thanks, CEO brick a brack man war <laughs> uh, and here's here's what Tinsley Galleon adds. There's an old David Foster Wallace idea. No. They're all, they're all oh, pretty old. He's been dead for like 10 years. <laughs> There's an old David Foster Wallace idea that the great error we all make is that we go through our lives convinced that we each are the protagonist. This is a tool to offset that condition. This David is why Foster David Foster Wallace, Wallace would have Wallace hated this con. No one has that idea before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of the most banal Everything about this is so banal because it's just a Google Maps aggregator from someone's route to work. You know what it is? That, you, yeah. either, you either die David Foster Wallace or you live long enough to see yourself become Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, if you guys weren't aware of the David Foster Wallace joke, apparently uh, he uh, was what we might call a domestic abuser. Uh, he just died before Me Too. So just mm. FYI, he wasn't all that great. Um, also, here's 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 something else um, about Tinsley Galleon. Uh, his website is called Dust or Magic. This is wow. <laughs> Me trying to like get together the last remnants of coke off the top of the bathroom stall. <laughs> me me opening my Hoover. Well, time for another round of Dust or Magic. <laughs> but right, think like every single element of this is so boring. Yeah, I mean. Duster Magic sounds like yeah, it could either be a Malcolm Gladwell competitor book or yeah. a, a, a blog, like a HTML 1.0 website by a goth kid in not, 1996. Not e- not even about Duster Magic, but what they've done, the problem they're trying to solve, and the observations they have are all something that again, like that Seth Rogen thing, just the the thing that you would think of while you were high, but like somehow less endearing and insightful than that are you suggesting that bradford steamship is a fundamentally uninteresting person (laughs) (laughs) i guess here's the thing right in the northwest (laughs) it's that it's that this is basically trying to it it, like precipitate some experience in which you will be improved as a person if you get to see the world through someone else's eyes and through what someone experiences but it's basically saying okay but how can we do this in the most uninteresting way possible and it's just sort of like let's do it with I don't know, whatever the, the the shitty photo upload thing that attaches to Google Maps is. Yeah. Uh, like, but, but a bunch of photos of the racism factory. Yeah. Mm. And, and it, 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 it's one of those things where, like, without context, that means nothing and oftentimes can make things worse. If you, if you don't know anything about, say, Bangladesh and the history of Bangladesh, and you just use Google Street View Bangladesh, you might, if you're an asshole, be like, wow, these people live in filth. This is disgusting. Not realizing that, like, actually, there's a lot of reasons why that country is extremely underdeveloped. Yeah. You might but- write an article like, different places have different safety standards, and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like, you'd be a Rod Little type. You'd be a fucking Telegraph columnist guy type. And it's just, it's one of those things where the context being so important here, this just seems like really. 
I don't know, really lazy in a sense that like if, if you turned around out down, down the road and said actually Joey Ito was just fucking defrauding all these things and this this was just like we 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 gave undergraduates eight grams of weed and we said you can have this for free if you come up with a stupid idea we'll call it research like that would be that that would make more sense to me because it's just like you said riley it's so banal and so meaningless and so Mm. underwhelming my friend bamble sniff dreadnought convinced me to get this uh (laughs) thing that connects you with a stranger but just like for the last 10 days every day he's just gone to the crying store (laughs) i think they've hooked me up with toby young again (laughs) this has actually been done better though by the way because i remember being in school and there was like this educational piece of software called something like real lives where the idea was it would randomly generate you like as a person based on birth rates and stuff and the like you would have to live that life on the little like sims thing and the options that you had available to you were limited by where you were and they were always shit because it turns out most people live in poor countries and you're like well how do i get better anything you kind of can't that was a more yeah. empathetic way of doing that than looking at their street maps. But every now yeah. and then, if you press refresh over and over and over again, you might get regenerated as Grimsby Schooner. <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> one day, you have, been, you have been born in Nigeria. The professions available to you are email general. <laughs> <laughs> so, and also, it's like, yeah, that, Alice, they, they took something that actually could have been like minimally insightful mm-hmm. and they stripped all of it out so they could be like what if it connected with your phone yeah damn but i have a third big idea the atlas of inequality hmm uh, reads hey, read the people's the history of the united states once <laughs> um these digitally generated maps show quote place inequality or why people from different income levels are at different coffee shops they're obsessed with coffee shops that's the only that's the only public space they can conceive of. They can only think of coffee shops. Wait, Jacob Wall is working at the <laughs> MIT Media Lab. Um for example, these two why why is a they can only conceive of coffee shops because they're just they're so cosseted and distant from the rest of the world yeah. that they just they're either going to like Little St. James Island, or their insane mansions, like, or a plane. But, like, having that little glimmer of self-awareness enough to be, like, as you sit in your literal hipster coffee shop, to be like, there's not a lot of steel workers in here. <laughs> so, these maps show place inequality, or why people at different income levels are at different coffee shops. Couldn't possibly be, I don't know, the price the yeah, as in wealthier people are at coffee shops, and people who aren't wealthy aren't. The, the, the steel workers coffee shop is just like the gay bar in that one episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Be nice. All right. The two co- these two coffee shops occupy the exact same block in Boston, yet while they're just a couple minutes walk apart, each serves a totally different mix of clientele. The first spot caters to people from many different income brackets, but the second caters almost exclusively to people with lower income levels. Hmm. So basically, one is a normal coffee shop, and the other one is the racism store. Well, one's like well, I imagine one's probably like a exposed wood brick, flat white place, and the other is yeah. just a I don't know Duncan. It's, it's literally it's like that film with Mark is... Wahlberg. <laughs> They're doing a terror attack in two coffee shops at the same time. The block is being gentrified, and it's made its way to one half, but not the other. So you Damn. just have a normal coffee shop that's about to be replaced by an LA I, I mean, fitness. I, I got to be honest with you, and I, re- I realize you have to get through this, Riley, but something tells me if this person thinks one serves all income levels, one serves only lower income levels, that's probably uh, some idiot who fucking go, you know, teaches at MIT or Harvard or whatever, and I can't imagine they're assessing that in any meaningful way. 
Each coffee shop has a bomb in it, and if they both trigger it... The Joker. <laughs> oh, wait, so, uh, the there, Joker's are I have, yeah. One, one oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Nate's won the podcast, well done. Um, oh, wait, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, someone develops a coffee shop that's like an officer's mess. <laughs> like, you have to be sufficiently posh to go in there. <laughs> well, like, you have, have to be wearing a tailcoat. Yeah, I have to drink red wine out of a shoe for some reason. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. That that thing that Having happens. Having a flat white out of a out of a fucking broke. I once I once had to I once had to drink a very large amount of wine out of a shoe. Mm, was it a mm. shoe or a some, boot? Was this for some weird Canadian shit or was this? No, a, this was at Oxford. Fancy British shoe spell O U X at the end. Yeah, drinking the, out of a shoe. There's a game called Shoe Master. Yeah, mm-hmm. posh people love it. There's a lot of it. I didn't care for it. Um, so that's an example of place inequality. <laughs> if you drinking out of a, a a gigantic metal boot with bat wings from Warhammer, you'd have loved that. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> fucking cool. I'd love to drink. I'd love to drink wine out of a Space Marine's boot. Uh, yeah. This is the same thing that led me to once try mead, and that's a horrible decision. Yeah. yeah. At Oxbridge, they believe if you drink out of a great warrior's shoe, then you'll inherit his parents' <laughs> holiday home in Cap Don Teeb. <laughs> Oh, oh, Captain Teebs, who's that? Ah, some guy who owns a hotel. (laughs) So, uh, that's an example of place inequality, a metric that measures how people of different income, rich and poor alike, tend to cluster in some spots because they feel more comfortable there. Mm, I wonder what the fuck... A lot of very rich people feeling very comfortable on Little St. James Island. (laughs) Yeah, Siri, what is redlining? This is, you know, this, again, this is just the STEM version of that David Brooks, I took my house cleaner to a to an Italian place and she was scared by Brizella. Mm. Oh, who was that British guy who was like, uh, I talked to this totally real socialist and Corbyn voter, and then I watched him go into Costa Coffee. Or it's like Owen Smith, Damn. who's like who who pretended not to know what a cappuccino was yes. for a camera. Yeah. Remember when he was like, oh, I just got to this house with frothy coffee? Like, like, I don't normally get hospitals. this. Yeah, you can get a cappuccino literally anywhere. Well, damn, I mean, Owen Smith was really far from home because he's from Australia, apparently. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so the MIT Media Lab come, collaborated- I've come in here for a kind of frothy snag. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have called them frothy bubblers. But seriously, if you've got a frothy snag, you should go and see your doctor about that because that <laughs> might be an you like infection. Your flat, you like your flat white? Well, I like everything's supposed to be white. Yeah, so it's good. It works for me. Are, are you talking about the flat white Australia policy? <laughs> Nate, Nate, 70s UK sex offender voice. <laughs> so, dragging us back on track. Mm. The MIT Media Lab collaborated with location intelligence firm Cubic to build just such an location atlas. Location intelligence mm. firm. The result. Mm is called the Atlas of Inequality and harvests the anonymized location data Great from use a, of the word harvest. 150,000 people who opted in. The result... Imagine opting into this. Yeah. Well, you'd have to be wanting to brag to the MIT Media Lab about how cool you are. Mm, damn. The result is an interactive view of just how filtered, sheltered, or sequestered many people's lives really are. You can literally see old redlining maps with the literal red line. Like, you don't need I wonder this. why. Filtered, why sheltered, people- sequestered, or in the case of some of our donors, subpoenaed. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I jump in and, and bring, bring Hop be, on. be Hop sad on and not funny? Yeah, go uh, off, Kang. This really seems as though what they're trying to do is ascribe all of this to, like, deliberate intention on the part of the people doing it, as yeah. though this is behavior that needs to be corrected and not something that's entirely coerced by yeah, economics. Because there is there are no societal factors. There's no structure. Um, and, and, it's all and just I people. Just happen, and I just happen to know this, that I, I, if you, in, in the greater Boston area, the median 
family wealth, not income, but rather wealth. So both income and also just like assets owned. For a white family, it's over $250,000. And for a black family, it's about $10. And so the level of stratification and the level of just nose up your own ass fucking obliviousness on the part of let's say academics and sort of elites and people who, you know, have fancy jobs that involve the word innovation. It's way more pronounced in like Cambridge, Boston, et cetera, than even in some of the other shitty fucking garbage places in America. And so hearing this like this sounds novel, but it only sounds novel to people who think that like an app can you know eradicate homelessness using a space laser. Yeah. Like that it's not <laughs> This this seems like the kind of thing that would make for someone thinks would make for an interesting conversation, like a cocktail party. Thus, we have to know about it. Believe me, if the MIT Media Lab thought they could build a space laser that from space would vaporize the homeless, they would try and fail to do that. They do have Hmm. a space program, Milo. No. Oh, no. If we can go an extra 10 minutes, we can go into the space program. This is what what Boris or Mikhail Gorbachev called space peace. Real (laughs) space peace. So vaporizing uh, the homeless. So finish finishing up on the Atlas of Inequality. They say this is an important thing to be reminded of when the U.S. feels increasingly ideologically and economically divided. Damn. Increasingly economically why, why divided. Why can't we just hold hands with this Trump guy who got like six profiles in the New York Times? But, but like, you see what I mean, though. The, the, like, doesn't it not? Does it not seem as though it's trying to like? Yeah, it's like poor like, people like to be poor and hang out at poor places. Yeah, rich yeah, people yeah, like yeah, to be rich. If they went to different coffee shops, they would have more than ten dollars. That's kind of what they say, Alice. Poor people, you need to break out of your bubbles. You guys are ideologically blinkered. Well, they also say that a lot of black people seem to be hanging out at jail. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, yeah. Yeah, Why aren't white people trying this out? You have your own separate water fountain, but with Foursquare, you can be the mayor of it. You're not even the mayor of your own jail cell because your cellmate is really keen. <laughs> so, but that's the thing they say. You just keep getting take- Google Maps pictures of the jail sent to some poor fucker with the app, <laughs> twenty day companion app, whatever. Yeah, they say. So the, through these choices, we build our habits and routines, which determines where and who, with whom we spend our time. And so they're saying, rich people, all you have to do is go and stand in the poor person coffee shop once a week and you'll be doing your bit. Yeah, that's, that's how we're going to solve it. That's virtue. You just and ha- also, like, if we keep just shoving people in the back between the shoulder blades and going like, be better, choose better, make better choices, then they will and everything's fine. Yeah. yeah, choose life, choose a washing machine, etc. Perhaps businesses and cities alike will see the benefit of building a more intentionally inclusive spaces within which everyone can interact. Hmm. It's almost as if all of those cities were built intentionally exclusively. Oh wait, damn! It's Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the last thing: democratizing access to space. That's their mission. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! Oh, like for some hell space fuck yeah. yeah! Just just anybody can put a dog up there. Like if with enough willpower and like diesel, with a big enough trebuchet. <laughs> yeah. Just, when we say, sorry, go ahead. Just like a cardboard nose cone and like a trash can with a dog in it that you just found. Might as well. I mean, to be honest, nothing they're doing is getting close to space, so it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. No dogs will be harmed, whether they want to or not. When we say dogs we're- will be encouraged by a hat only. <laughs> when we say we're democratizing access to space exploration, what do we mean? Hint, it's not that. 
In the context of our blue sky goal to realize an inclusive and impactful Starfleet Academy. How we- can you have a blue sky thinking about space, a yeah. place where there is no sky? Black sky thinking, surely. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and also Iron ma- sky thinking. And also Starfleet yeah. Academy. Yes. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm, democratizing I'm, by- the Nazi moon base. <laughs> yeah. By accident, <laughs> maybe they'll do that. Mm. We approach democratization in four core ways. Uh, do we want to see what some of the four are? It's going to yes. be voting on what we can put in the fucking payload thing, isn't it? <laughs> that it, that gets involved later. Okay. <laughs> Democratizing access by inviting and uniting new disciplines in our creative practice. What? In the it, it means we're going to send that guy Shingy to space. <laughs> kind of. Sort of, Alice. You kind of got it right. Oh, send, good. Send chameleon air to space. <laughs> in the interdisciplinary spirit of the Media Lab, the Space Exploration Initiative brings together artists, scientists, engineers, you and just designers. just get to space and there's just a DJ up there because we work and put them up there. <laughs> there's like there's some flavored water that has live laugh love spelled out in cucumbers <laughs> and designers to co-create the human and robotic lived experience of space robots do not have a lived experience <laughs> having a background in traditional disciplines like aerospace engineering or astrophysics has often been a career prerequisite to space exploration oh, for or, or being a billionaire like that's the other way in yeah but what if you had a master's degree in bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if we gave grievance studies access to the moon? <laughs> just an entirely gender studies based space yeah, station. I, fucking, I send my astronauts up and they just keep complaining about how they identify as oxygen before they asphyxiate. I crashed the space station because when I opened the airlock, I was like, first, I have to acknowledge that this is traditional space land. Oh, they do that, too. They do mm. that, too, Alice. Oh, they God. do that, too. I mean, I, I, so... You know, I, I hate all of this STEM shit, and I'm normally an evangelist for how important the humanities are, and like, it's really annoys me how like smug people who studied sciences are about saying like, "Well, what's the point of learning humanities? Or what did you do? Read about your feelings?" Yeah, but the one but at the benefit same time, is you it, get to be an astronaut. Yeah, like when it comes to deciding how the rocket should be, <laughs> I'm prepared to devolve it to people who know how rockets work. <laughs> I do not think we need someone who's read Much Ado About Nothing yeah. being like just just floating <laughs> up there on the end of a long tether, like, well, I. I do remember Catullus, so this is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's oh. shouting up at space, Pedicarbo, like a Rosa <laughs> <laughs> Also, I love what what they think of as what democratizing means. They're not like we're going to think about how you know the the um the jobs that make you good at going to space or tend to be excluded for only the wealthiest people. No, we're just or, gonna... or even sending normies to space. It's only <laughs> you should get to go to space if, like me, you went to a small liberal arts school for the like the small college experience. Damn, Send yeah. Sarah of, uh... Lawrence grads to space. <laughs> Lots of white people seem to be hanging out in space. <laughs> And also dogs. <laughs> Literally well, no black yeah. people. <laughs> White people do be going to space. So that's how they're going to democratize access to space, by making it so that if you're a DJ, you can also be an astronaut. <laughs> Two. Wow. Democratizing access by designing space tools, products, and experiences for all of us, not just the pinnacle of human talent embodied by astronauts. But th- th- you still have to get around the, like... Fact that there's a giant trash can full of liquid fuel and oxygen behind you, pushing you at like seven G or whatever, right? But like, also, again, the the now the main thing standing between most people and going to space is being a billionaire or not, mm-hmm. and th- it's like they're stuck in 1990. I mean, yeah. to be look, look, it would be cool as shit to go to space to see Earth like from space, right? Like to be able to see the planet Earth at it. or like to see the <laughs> yeah. moon up close, right? That'd be cool. But other than that. 
Fuck going to space. I don't <laughs> want to go to space. I don't want to be like, oh, wow, I'm about to die at every instant that I'm up yeah. here. I don't belong here. The entirety of human existence is reminding me that I don't belong yeah. here. It, it yeah. is like, literally the Thomas Carlyle quote about the only thing being between a sailor and eternity as a plank. Like, it's uh, terrifying. And and, and, for, and furthermore, like, I don't have the weird, you know, Ray Dalio fucking Jeff Bezos impulse. And I'm like, I will be the first man to fuck on Mars. Like, I just don't <laughs> have that. And as a result, like, none of this is compelling to me. No, it will be once you see what they've got. It's, so, like the, it's like the Philosopher King thing where the only man fit to be the first man to fuck on Mars is the man who doesn't want to. <laughs> so, sorry, Nate, you're going to Mars. <laughs> Better be fucking on Mars. So Damn. we are conceiving of, of and designing the artifacts of our sci-fi space future to delight and empower humanity for everyday life in space environments. This sounds like shit we made up to yeah. fit our Everyday shirt. life stuff. in space environments. You realize in space, there aren't even days! And your bones, the your idea bones of meaning waste away. In space, insane, but also in space, there is no concept of night or day. Now, my when you come you back, say this, you have no bones. Your bones fall apart. It's bad for your bones. So look, you're all Damn. naysayers, but wait till you see what they've got. They've got space habitats, space food, space health. And by the way, they're actually flying these to low Earth orbit space to test them. Okay, so I, ha also I have one contribution here, and that's that uh -huh. in the 80s, the Mir um, space station... The cosmonauts on there discovered that they had accidentally created a something like foot-wide green pulsating orb of their own bacteria from sneezing and stuff. That's the Amazing. level of alien we're dealing with. I love to think that the Soviets were just really humble and they're like, we have constructed a mere space station. <laughs> so, that's the thing. They're, they're looking at to space. make a ball of thumb that floats. <laughs> they're looking at... <laughs> and take a picture of it in front of America. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, there are tribute, photos tribute of porn. this thing and it looks horrifying. Yeah, so just the imagine the people shooting towards all of this shit. The MIT Media Lab couldn't even. I love the idea. It's like, uh, come, Comrade Nikola, just uh, please turn on power reactor of avoid floating Metroid that wants to dissolve your skin. It looks like a so, fucking beholder. But here's the thing. They're also, they're thinking about all that stuff, like how you know, we get super bacteria that just eat your skin, but also mm. about the musical instruments of a zero-gravity orchestra. Oh, fuck off. Didn't uh, Chris the same take as a guitar the up there anyway? Chris Hansen? Hadfield. <laughs> <laughs> just opening the airlock. Just Chris Hansen in a suit. Arriving at the space station. I brought the wine coolers and condoms. <laughs> yeah, why did you bring condoms to the ISS? Who were you expecting? <laughs> um, and by designing space for all of us, we are designing to benefit life on Earth as well. Every project, I'm the initiative- I'm not over the Hansen thing. I'm just at the idea of going on a spacewalk and immediately getting very slowly tackled by a bunch of space cops. <laughs> just painstakingly like looming towards you why are you going out to space hang out with other dudes pretty sus so, i'm chris hansen democratize it three democratizing access by developing hands-on widely accessible opportunities to shape the technologies of our space future the initiative builds stop saying space future no i won't as long as, you, as, long as the Hello, article says space, space future. future the podcast you're listening to now yeah. Uh, as long as it says space future, I'll say space future. Hey, I'm Riley. I'm broadcasting from the ISS. There's a ball of cum floating around me. Uh, <laughs> don't ask where that came from. I'd be wearing a it's, cool. It's from this new design that they have, which is a spacesuit where one arm just deflates, so you can give yourself a stranger. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was podcasting with my uh, with my cool podcasting hat, but it floated away, and the cum Metroid ate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
on Earth the S stands for supreme, and space the S stands for my, space. My space suit. My space suit is supreme collab X being able to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 they they so they're developing the technologies of the space future. This initiative builds online and IRL communities that foster open access projects like an interplanetary cookbook soliciting submissions from across the globe. It's not interplanetary, then, is it? It's intraplanetary. It's it's between people (laughs) on one planet, all of which are recipes that can be cooked on Earth. Why are we going to space to cook food? Someone goes to space just to make fucking marinara sauce. Like, oh, well done. (laughs) Fucking well done, Godfrey. That's what we needed. Space pasta. I mean, literally, space food is so bad that Gus Grissom uh, brought a corned beef sandwich up there. And Gus Grissom, if I'm not mistaken, was from Ohio, a place mm-hmm. with famously good food. Uh, also, I'm just laughing at the idea of, it's like, what if it is an interplanetary space, uh, space cookbook? It's like, uh, well, you need, you know, some onions, a tablespoon of olive oil, uh, two cloves of mashed garlic, two bay leaves, pressure that will crush the human body to instant <laughs> from the atmosphere of Venus. I mean, yeah, I you just, you just take a spoonful off the beholder full of cum. I don't even think that's it, though. I think it's just like, hmm, a dash of moon rocks. Like, it's just so Jetsons. Uh-huh. Because the other thing is, the other thing, you can either send an interplanetary cookbook a recipe, or you can send your personal research idea to space with us. So you can sort of send a vibe. <laughs> Chill vibes uh- only. <laughs> Oh like, god! And the bit in Apollo thirteen where the uh, the tank explodes and there's just vibes floating around them, yeah. haunting. Uh, what if you? Just, it's just it's poor astronauts are now subject to like whatever your cool business startup ideas are in space. And you're like, uh, I heard there's really high pressure inside Jupiter, so let's take a bunch of lumps of coal and take our spaceship into Jupiter. It'll make diamonds. It'll be fucking awesome. Uh, that's a that's an Ohio idea. What if in space you built like what if the astronauts get demotivated and like they need a hat to why, keep why, them focused? Why, does, on why being did MIT space? make the me playing Kerbal Space Program high at three in the morning? <laughs> so you'll also be able to rent time on our CubeSat constellation. Remember that? That thing that they used to advertise Pepsi in Russia? Yeah, the thing that's about to start no. the Kessler syndrome. The fake, no. the fake constellation. Yep. Rather than Damn fake constellation. You have to put a little blockchain thing on it to indicate that you've actually read the constellation you're going, before you're going you can to, share it. You're going to you go into space to meet the constellation and the constellations will get your tits out, love. Oh, you're a cheeky bastard for a constellation. Sweet. It shows your pussy. What? Rather like buying time on a cloud computing cluster, um, you can you can rent time on our CubeSat constellation to show whatever you want, or participate in open science communities for libraries and makerspaces where you can look at our research portfolio. The near fu- the near future of near space, from low Earth orbit to the moon, will touch the lives of countless Earth citizens via GPS satellites that the power only the kind of citizens <laughs> that yeah. power apps in our pockets and space tourism that will give an entirely new audience the chance to experience the overview effect. Kessler syndrome. When we Just want these save citizens us from this bullshit, uh, trap us on our doomed planet. Uh, we want these citizens to play a part in creating and shaping the technologies of space. And here's the crucial bit: whether or not they ever actually travel there themselves. 
Yeah, I'm not just blackpilled anymore. I am Kessler blackpilled. <laughs> I, I, I am actively hoping for a cascade failure in low Earth orbit that makes it totally inaccessible to humans. Yeah, if, if anything, that's kind of mm. what we need to, pre- to yeah. Fuck. I'm it's, it's that, no. Is that or I go out in the night and I look up and I see a, you up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's Corny the thing. space advertising. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they've used Just every single, nudes. every single version of the word democratized, except the substantive one. Horny <laughs> mums in your solar system. <laughs> it's like it's just the night sky just says post feet. It's like, yes, of course, the billionaires will be going to space, but you can send a recipe for jambalaya up there with them. So it's like you're there. We send it like, we just, oh, wait, we all just troll because like, obviously the only people that know about this is irony podcasters and the only people in space is like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And so we're just sending them all the recipes. Like, um, hey, oh, it says, it's, uh, oh, it's hey, all- hey, Elon, it says we need to come in this jambalaya before we eat it. Otherwise it <laughs> won't taste right because of the gravity. <laughs> That's just a cookbook called Natural Harvest. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Oh, yeah, no. it's a cum cookbook called Natural Harvest. No. Yeah, sorry. It's no. real. Please end this fucking show before I want to kill myself. <laughs> it's so too close. Late. Too late. It's so close to being done. Um, we needed to end the show 20 years ago. Come on. <laughs> so here's the fourth thing. And this is the most Justin Trudeau-ass element of the Democratize Access to Space face. program. Yeah. More Justin Trudeau Golly than that. Space. <laughs> we <laughs> just, just blacking up the whole ISS. Damn, why, why do all the astronauts look like Mr. Popo? <laughs> we will democratize access to space through the celebration of new narratives through which we can tell the story of space exploration writ large. What, what does it mean at a visceral... Don't worry. It answered... Milo's making a quizzical face. It answers this. What does it mean at a visceral human, ethical, and cultural level to undertake a space voyage? Now, you might say going to space, doing something in space, and then coming back from space. Yeah, it's, a, it's something literal chimps did. Yeah, but that's very narrow-minded. To answer this question, we turn to the storied cultural heritage preserved among the indigenous peoples of Earth, whose origin myths and practices involve the stars. Oh my god, this is, this, this is like an all lives matter thing where it's like yeah. we're actually all indigenous people. Well, when, but when, when you think about it, the Nazca lines are just those constellation of cube stats in reverse, just sending <laughs> messages to horny aliens. Well, it's the, um, the stars, the cosmos, other dimensions, and extended voyages. We can learn from these communities' perspectives and shape the future of ethics and technology development in space using terms, concepts, guiding principles, and philosophical approaches from indigenous cosmologies. So We're, we're killing all of those people on Earth. Like, we're just yes. ramming a pipeline through their house, but then we're being like, hmm, what do you think about constellations? Mm, yeah, it's, um, there's, there's all that, uh, but... We're also, it's again, they're never going to go to space because no. they're being shut out from it, but we'll- They're too ma- busy hanging out at the jail store. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, they all live on pipelines now. <laughs> um, as we begin this work, we defer first and foremost to these communities. So whichever one of you guys said- That was the, me. Um, it was, it's yeah. the Canadian academia thing. Yeah. It's, it, literally, they're doing it. Yeah, they're it's, doing it's, it's that. ancestral spacian land. People of space. <laughs> Always asking how they want their voices heard and incorporated in future space exploration narratives, if at all. But of course, not if they ask to actually go. No, that's no. just for billionaires. But you know, we can call it stuff they call it. Um, I mean, as well, ever, if, as ever, if, it's just a rehash of the Soviet Union because, as as we know, the very first space recipe was developed by the Soviet space program when they invented roast dog. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what if those people tell you, 
why the fuck are you going into space to send a bald guy to like eat cum ragu? Well, mm. it's because what he if they earned don't it because want you to. Yeah. Well, well, that's not. Mm, sorry, uh, he's the billionaire, and you're just indigenous people. Oh, so, so. So, so we are acknowledging them, but we're not in like any any meaningful way. Oh but. no, not in any material sense. Okay. Um, because that would see you're thinking like someone who wants to like you know be a um an astronaut in the normal way who wants to like go to space to do something. This is much more about going to space as a form of global scrapbooking. Mm-hmm. Stop being to a astronaut. Yeah. You yeah, know. yeah. It's 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 like it is basically yeah. Just send your recipes, send your vibes, tell us your story. Nothing will change materially, but we're democratizing <laughs> access to space. Caroline Calloway ISS <laughs> call out posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- as usual, Alice nails it. Ghost writing for the ISS. <laughs> <laughs> for eight years, I was the International Space Station. <laughs> <laughs> Our mod- so this is this is the conclusion. Our modern incarnation of Starfleet Academy will be a collective effort. Fuck off, but by collective fuck they off. mean they mean between them and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. That's uh-huh. what they mean yeah, collective. But, and yeah, then everyone but they will else gets get to, to wear flashy uniforms. Yeah, and then everyone else gets to send a vibe or a good feeling or gets to make a dedication to the Cree. But you know, that's it. There's no age of consent laws in space. No, I'm sure they're not. When we grow big enough to offer concrete research collaborations, we drew in industry and a network concrete, of international to space, too, space agencies and forge a relationship with commercial and government partners such as Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin. I'm still not Is over Blue the Origin indigenous a dick thing. Pill? Nope, I'm, not I'm, I'm I'm badly depressed now. I'm badly depressed at the idea of being like, well, we're going into, sp- we're just going to the space store. Can we pick you up anything? Uh, I quite <laughs> like my drinking water back. Yeah. No, sorry. No. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to say goodbye to all the indigenous tribes of Earth in their native languages as we, as we the billionaires leave the planet we have ravaged, mm-hmm. and we're saying that's more or less democratized access to space. Yeah, we love Damn, to see going it, into space with a bunch of other billionaires. Pretty sus. Pretty well, I mean, it is pretty sus. <laughs> it like, is sus. Yes, it is sus. Yeah, name it. Name a female billionaire. The the last one was depressing. Like was meant to be depressing, and I came out of it pretty feeling pretty buoyant. And this one was supposed to be the jokes one, and I want to die. So <laughs> yeah, well done, everyone. Yeah, mm. uh, another episode of our very cheerful yeah. show. D- dusting hands in the can. theatrically. Another one in the can. Fantastic. <laughs> Mm. Ugh, awesome. Anyway, this has been uh, the second of our special two-parter on the MIT Media Lab. Um, my only major uh, thought after this is, hope it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is yeah. the pinnacle of what we seem to be able to offer with our current paradigm. Every sacrifice we made, we make so these people can invent the future. Most this is the future they invented. Most efficient distribution of resources in the game. Yep, exactly. Yep. Communism. Why? That's not a very efficient distribution of resources. They could never do something like make a space cookbook Damn. out of recipes and vibes. <laughs> Huge. Ironically, that's exactly the sort of thing the Soviet Union would have done. But at least they would have done it well. Comrade space cookbook. All right. I think that's it for us. Goodbye, everybody. Yep. Apple trees Bye. on Mars. Bye.